Professor Tyree. So I have some family members here with me. And my main point of this podcast is to see the different experiences that black people have had because we're all different ages. I'm in my late teens. My mother is in her 50s. My aunt is in her 30s. And my grandma is in her 70s. And I was just going to present them with one of the questions that you presented to us this semester. And the question I chose was, how do upbringing, family, and cultural values impact the ways we learn and view education? So, would any of you like to... Go first. Well, I'll go first. I'm Ashley in my 30s, and I feel that pretty much upbringing and what we learn from our families molds us as a person. So anything that our parents think or what we grow up around obviously will influence what we think and how we think and different um, experiences that they've went through will automatically like trickle down to us. So when it comes to... The way we learn and view education, most of the time, if you have a family member or if both of your parents or even one of your parents have went to college or, you know, have done, um, you know, maybe like secondary school or something like that, a lot of their motivation is to teach their kids, okay, obviously you're going to go to college. Like there is no choice. Like this is the goal. This is what you're going to do. Compare, actually, well, for a lot of people, if they didn't go to college or not, that's a lot most people's goals for their children however i've seen for myself that if your parent was you know in college or both of your parents like it's not an option like that is what you're gonna do compared to maybe some parents who didn't go to college or something that may be a goal but you know they won't be like disappointed if you don't you know or if you choose to take another route or something like that so you know that's what i think love it and I actually agree with her. I'm Demi, Heather's mom, and I'm in my not fifties. I just turned fifty-one. That's so. 50. That is pretty much just stepping into fifty. But um, I, because I do have four children, and when I had them, I because um, being in, and I think it's because of being in the black culture and seeing how. Um, we do. I was taught it by people older than me and my family that we have to be smarter. We have to try harder. We have to put in more effort. We have to um, do more than the average white person to be on an equal plateau. So because I heard that from my um, other um, people in my family that were older than me when I went to school, that was actually something I had in my head in in every class even though i didn't know that i was doing it i was trying to be the smartest i wanted to be the one who the teacher would acknowledge like i got the right answers when it was time to read i was the one who wanted to read i wanted to show her that i could articulate that i could speak clearly i was and i know that that came from my parents and my family instilling in me even if they didn't say it that you have to try harder you have to do more you have to you know where somebody else might give 75 percent you need to give 150 so we did grow up with that i'm just gonna call it pressure but it's not really um pressure it's just expectation right and my children all four of them knew that i expected them to go to college and i haven't graduated from college yet i'm still i'm working on my uh, degree right now but my son 
one day her my younger son hurt my older son saying oh he's not going to college he was telling me oh i, I just want to own businesses and do this and that and i'm not going to go to college and he came to me and he was really small maybe 10 or 11 and he's like what we don't have to actually go to college and i was like yes you do but he heard his brother saying that he didn't want to go and he's like i thought this was like not even a choice this was just automatic and non-negotiable and that's the way that i raised them that it's like non-negotiable you're going to exceed and you're going to exceed further than me and i felt like that too with my mom i felt like you know, she did this. I seen her take care of us, work hard. I said, but I am actually supposed to do better than her. And then my kids are supposed to be do better than me. Right. So that is a part of the black culture. And I don't know that white people experience that because some of, uh, I would think some of them already come from money. A lot of their parents already have degrees, you know, so maybe it's not the same pressure. <clears throat> wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Nana, if you're if you're ready, you can go. I can say something if you need a little bit more time. Okay, so yeah, you know, of course, I'm a part of this family, so most of the same stuff that they've experienced or been taught is the same stuff I've been taught, of course, because you know, we're we're we share the same values. You know, we're a family, and I think. Education has always been very important to me. I've never really doubted whether I wanted to pursue higher education or not, just because it just seemed like, you know, it's what you do. You get your education so that you can further yourself. And of course, there's other ways to do that. But education is really big in my family. You know, of course, if you don't go to school, nobody's going to be disappointed in you. We want you to do something that's going to further yourself. So uh, we see education as a way to do that. But if you're still furthering yourself in something other than education, maybe a trade or um, you're starting a small business, whatever it may be, then, of course, I have a very f supportive family. So we would be allowed to do that. Um, as far as I know, a big aspect, you know, it's an Afras class. So a big aspect of what we talk about in class is African-Americans and like, you know, our whole experience. And um I would say my experience being black in education, it's for some people, some teachers, not all, very few have um, been this way towards me, but it seems like they automatically expect less. I remember I had um, an English teacher and I was late often, yeah, but she made it a point to point out like every time that I showed up to school on time as if it was some big event, like, oh, look, Heather's on time today. And it was uh, it was very obvious that she did not favor the black girls. It was um, it was pretty it was pretty obvious to most of the black people in there. Like she kind of favored the black men for some reason, which was odd to me, but not the black women. And uh, she would like never pick the black girls to speak out. She would overly criticize them. The black guys, it was like they could do no wrong. But um, yeah, so that that's been part of my experience with education. If any of you want to, you know, being black in education, being black in education. Um, talking about being black in education. Yeah. Have you? Yes. You don't have to have. But like if you've ever felt like you experienced <clears throat> something in your educational time that was purely because of your race, like it probably wouldn't have happened if you were a different race. I did take an Africana studies class one time at college and the teacher was like most of them were was black. I felt that if it was just compared to all the rest of the classes, 
like she in particular felt like I'm black. This is a black class. So I felt like she was just more strict, more like everything was more difficult than most of the other classes I have. And I felt that that it was because, you know, of like it's a black class. I'm a black teacher at a predominantly, you know, most of the professors are white. I have to, you know, we have to, like you said, we have to kind of do above and beyond the average, which made it more difficult on us. But I kind of understood where she was coming from because it was like, you know, we already have this stigma. And that's coming. Yeah. A lot lot of times they tell us we have to do, whether it's on our job, whether it's an education. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. You won't get the same reward being the same. Even the way we carry ourselves. And I don't know how politically appropriate this is, (laughs) but um, I've noticed that other races seem to get away with being... Uh, loose but then they they put a very bad stigma on black women you know that are loose Uh, I don't know if it's like that's some stuff that came back from slavery and you know and it's not even just with being loose it's about with like almost like everything because somebody just said the other day like think about it like why is it that when a black woman chooses to buy like a luxury item or you know do something that's you know like an extra special might cost she's considered bougie or you are ghetto sometimes well not even ghetto but just like you oh you're uppity you're trying Mm -hmm. to show off Mm -hmm. and they were like think about it have you ever heard of a white woman being called bougie Mm. she might go into nordstrom and buy something or neiman marcus she won't get called bougie by even her peers or her family members but a black woman doing it oh you're trying to you're uppity you only like this you But I've never never heard of a a white woman being called bougie. So it's just almost with anything. Education, anything that we do is automatically... More scrutinized. Yeah, more scrutinized. And we feel like we have to act a certain way, be a certain way, just to exist almost. Like, you know. Yeah, I definitely see that. Especially with, like, um, it's been a topic that's talked about, I feel like, a lot more in, like, the last two years. The over-sexualization of younger black girls and um it's this meme that floats around the internet and it's this black girl with just i'm not sure if it's a weave-in but it's straight hair it's not super long it probably only goes to about like her mid back and then it says um like that's too grown and then in contrast it's a white a young white girl and she has like all these different colors in her hair they look to be about the same age and it's a social norm and i remember seeing a lot of girls in elementary school as young as we were, probably like third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, they would be dyeing their hair all types of colors. I was yeah, never that's normal. Yeah, but you don't see very many black girls doing that until they get until older. Get, yeah, until you get a certain oh, age. Yeah, and so that's that's another thing. It's it, everything, of course, is scrutinized when you're black more than. And it does all stem back from slavery stuff. Like I know, especially like over like sexualization of black women, because I learned that in Africana, Africana studies too. Like we were we're always either looked at as mammy or or a sexual being never just a regular you know woman it's always like one of the two either you're like this motherly figure mm-hmm. and jemima or your cardi b you know no matter what you do maybe because our bodies are different or we look different or exotic but all of that does stem back from slavery times how they would rape and look at us and you know only use us for certain things so, you know, it's all. And there was a time when we were denied education. And I think that was um, 
that was like the most grossly ugly thing about um that time after slavery when it was like okay they're not our slaves anymore but let's keep them down and right. so there was times when they knew it was it was known that we wanted to learn but there was a penalty for learning right. for reading learning to read and all that and so now i think black people when they got all um they had these opportunities those parents saw the value in it so when they raised their kids right. they were like no you, you take it and you have to this is like you that you this belongs to you you know this is your right and you have to do exactly. it you have to show them you know that you can you will Knowledge is power. you know so. everything so we we had to come from such a deprived place and you know yeah. yeah an oppressed place and so now it does grieve me though when i see young people young black men and women and they don't want to excel and it doesn't it doesn't even mean in school because everybody school isn't for everybody but if they learn a trade and then they master that trade if they learn um if they get a job and at that job they they get on it they start at the bottom and then they just work their way up any of that to me is acceptable but when i see black people and then they don't understand that they should want better I don't realize that they re- that they see that where they are, that's not where you should be starting from. We've been kept down, right? So like you're really not starting from. Oh, this is the starting point. No, we're we're behind. And so. that may also have something to do, like a cultural difference with education and um, like you know life. Because okay, you look at other cultures, for in particular, Asian culture, mandatory. If you don't go to college. Your, your business has to be at a certain level for the, for you not to even, you know, go. It but has to be like part of the family They are business. expecting you to excel. There is no dormant, you know, like this is just what I'm going to do. Normal lifestyle. And like, actually the African culture level. is like that African too. African culture is mm-hmm. absolutely like that. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when they send their children, like you are being a professional. Look at the Middle Eastern cultures. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like we're expecting you to, you're just not mediocre you are up here. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what we're expecting. You have to make a certain amount of money. It's a certain lifestyle. This is what you're expected. I feel like we as a culture, especially with education, we feel like we have to because, we number one, we're, we don't have old money like those folks. Yes. Do. So, like you said, we're coming from the bottom up. Like, if we don't excel or do something to progress, like our normal is at the bottom. Like we don't have mm-hmm. anything to fall back on. Like a lot of the older other cultures, like Middle Easterns, a lot of their parents own a lot of businesses. They come over here with money. Same thing with Asians. They have family businesses that even if they did not excel, it is already a level above, you know, normal. Us, our normal, like we don't have generational wealth. A lot of times we don't have businesses to pass along. We don't have that. So our only outlet to get that a lot of times is education, is excelling. Like you have to, if you if you don't go to school, if you're in a company, you need to move up so you can live a certain way, so you can obtain certain things in life. Because if we don't, we have nothing else to fall back on. Exactly. So <clears throat> did you want to say something? <clears throat> oh, I'm just listening to you guys and, and I, uh, myself. 
As far as, and I'm 70, so everyone kind of look for me to um, kind of be in touch with the races back in those days and, and the um, cotton and segregation and all those different things. But um, I, don't, I don't have experience. I, have, I know there was segregation. I know it was. It was there. But as far as me experiencing it, I didn't experience it like that. I'm sure my grandparents and my mom did, but um, I, my childhood was, I had everything that I needed. I was never, ever, I, I can't remember not having what I needed. And my grandparents, I lived with them for um, until I was about, what, 10, something like that. And um, they, they had their own farm, their own land. They, they, they you know, um, made everything, all the foods. I, I never, I was never hungry. We, I, all I remember is an abundance of food and supplies. And um, they formed everything. And they had, they sold. So the black man, white man, everybody came to them and bought from them. And so I just never, and I, I never experienced, uh, as, as picking cotton, I've never picked any cotton in my life. Well, that, right. that's a good, actually, and I can appreciate, you know, because most of the time from people in her age range, you do hear, you yes, know, a so certain story them. that's common. But I can appreciate yours being different because it could have be, it could have been that, since you were already established, you know, like you guys lived a certain life. Because a lot well, of these things. That's what I think. Well, no, look, a lot of the things that we see, you don't know you're you're not doing something until you see something else. Mm-hmm. So if you're somewhere else that everything is already operating, like some, you grew up deep in Texas and you're in a certain area. But until you come out in California, which is like a melting pot, and you see how these how other, other cultures, cultures are, are and yeah. it's very, mm-hmm. you know, like. That may make you think like, wow, okay, so I do, maybe I am being treated different or maybe, you know, I don't have certain things. Now, I know there was a difference. They, you know, did treat you different. But I think because of my mindset and how I grew up and my grandparents and my parents always taught me, uh, you're just as, you know, you're no less than anybody else. I have that mindset and whether they're black, white, whatever. Nobody's no better than me. And I can do, you know, I'm able to do and, and um, achieve what I set my mind to do. That's and also I a just always have that. Has to and us. I believe that my children, my grandchildren, all these are my children, grandchildren, <laughs> and I'm so proud of them. They are hard workers. They don't sit back and wait for others to make things happen for them. And I just believe because that's how I was raised. And I was always taught, even though I'm a, I'm a black woman and I'm 70, I was always taught that you can do whatever you set your mind to do. You are just as um, smart and intelligent as anyone else on this earth, no matter what. And I just always had that mindset. So, um, like I said, I know it was um, slavery. And back in, in when I was coming up, 
but I, I never really experienced anything harsh like I hear a lot of people that are my age or even younger than I am talk about and experience. I've, I've never experienced anything like that. And I think maybe I was sheltered a lot. And I think it, that too kind of grew in me mm -hmm. because I've sheltered my children and grand, I'm very, you know, toward my children and grandchildren. So I think because maybe I did, because even like your dad, the things out here talk about how they different experiences. Yes, how they uh, with, with his mom and stuff. How he saw, you know, um, extreme white racism, people. Yeah. yeah. I've never experienced anything like that. And it might be better to like focus that. on more of a mindset like that than focus on being oppressed. You know, like, we know this is the fact, mm -hmm. but this is what we're going to instill. And, you know, this is what we're going to focus on, what you can achieve. You can be, you are just as good, if and, not better than, you know, this, that you right, can right. do that. So. And, I, and I think because of that, if anyone tells me, and I don't know, some people said stubborn or whatever. I don't know <laughs> what it is. But anybody tell me I can't do something, you don't tell me what I can and I can't do. Mm -hmm. You That's don't. The ability in me, you can't take it away from me. So you can't tell me whether you're white or whatever that you cannot achieve this or you cannot achieve that. I can achieve anything that I choose to in life. If I focus and put my mind to it and I work toward it, I do the work and put the work in. So because you're white, you tell me I'm less. You can't make me believe that because that's something I don't believe. And I believe that people that feel that way, that because they're certain color uh, or, you know, uh, um, ethnicity or something or whatever, to me, they are, those are ignorant people. Right. And I, to me, whatever color or uh, nationality you are, if you're if you're that small minded, you are an ignorant person to me. So you can't, you know, you, you just can't make me believe that. And that goes into her second part of the question, where she says, "How do how do these experiences further impact our personal relationships, such as relationships with people, cultures, ideas, organizations?" You and my dad, both people in the same age range, both from the South in those times. Mm -hmm. And yet the way you view relationships, life, different cultures are completely different because of how things were instilled in you. Mm -hmm. You were sheltered. You were taught a certain thing. He was taught that and too, protected. but Maybe and protected. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You didn't see, like he had a particular situation where he said he saw his mom get beat for being out of curfew. Mm -hmm. And she was just trying to go and do something for them. Something awesome. That can affect the way. If you experience a lot of things like that, that's almost like post-traumatic stress. Yes. Like that can right. affect right. how you view life going forward. And, and I guess you if I had went through something like that, other people, people. I would have, but I never. It affected his relationships with races. It affects how he views things. Like, you know, everything is through a. Almost mm -hmm. through a lens of I, you know, this is how this. You're out to hurt me and out to exactly. get me. Exactly. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And Drew. plus, they did, they, he said they didn't have a lot of things and they went without a lot of things. Right. You know? And I hear Mother Dara's talking about that. I never experienced that. I I I remember experiences is having because Mother Doris talks about how she never had a dog. I had all kind of dogs. I had tall dogs, walking dogs, <laughs> dogs talking. So I never experienced that. And 
uh, as far as... So you guys as, have both around around the same amount of brothers and sisters. Right. A lot and right. two different experiences, so... So... Well, I know that... <clears throat> Even though I know that it was a lot of people around me, my probably my grandparents, my mom, and everybody, you know, building me up so that I would have confidence and I would feel like I could do anything and all that. But the best teacher was my experiences actually in school because even though I knew it exists, that there was some kind of white privilege and that white people felt superior. I mean, because it's like you, you're a child and nobody's actually saying it to you. But you feel it and feel it and goes back to the first first part your upbringing, your cultural, like, you know, what else is in that to me? And maybe my is the reason why my view is different because that was going on where the white people felt they were more superior. But I experienced too in that they weren't the only ones that I saw. That felt they were very true. Uh, it's not uh, just more white. superior. It was. It was in my own race. If they were light complexion and had long hair or something, some of the girls and stuff in the school they felt like they were more because I was dark, you know, and I had long hair and all. But mm-hmm. I was uh, what you call black. She black. <laughs> but again, I think it came from my te- the teaching of my my grandparents and my. To me, they were ignorant because nobody was better than me. And that's what my grandmother and my mother and all taught me. So it didn't hurt me or bother me. It's just like, you don't know what you're missing. Because you, just because you, and to me, just because you are light complexion and got long hair means nothing to me. I am just as great as you are and you can't tell me that I'm not. So that could have had something to do with it too. You know, with me because I didn't just experience white people feeling they were more superior. I I experienced people in my own race feeling right. like they're more superior because your skin tone is darker and and all this, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. My my um <clears throat> reference to um like you know my experience when I started experiencing people and they were like. I had Chinese kids in my class, Hispanic kids in my class, white kids in my class. And I I just think I remember in elementary, like an Indian boy. And I I don't know why I knew he was Indian. I don't know why, but I just remember an Indian boy. But I knew that these people all came from somewhere else and they were different from me. And if you need to get that, you can. And what I saw, though, was I was always like the smarter one in the class. And it didn't. So that convinced me. That um, like this color had nothing, nothing to, to do, do with, with it, my right. abilities. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with like what was already in me. It was like they would try and they couldn't get easy A's like I did. Right. I my teachers when they were would talk about me, they would be like, "Oh yeah, because she's got it. She's not. She doesn't have any problem with that." Then I got to college, where it was way more competitive because like kind of i felt like in college like everybody's scared everybody thinks like i don't know nothing these classes are too hard and i went into my trig class and this is another thing hardly any blacks in that trig class which why black people are so scared of math i don't know (laughs) But, but it was hardly any blacks in that class and i got in that class and the teachers started asking me to help now let me tell you what predominantly was in that class orientals I was, yeah. yeah 
So because that's a cultural norm. Asians are good at math. And guess what the teacher expected? She expected them to be. She's like, yeah, because I'm looking for someone that's gonna, um, you know, assist other students. Because I like when students assist other students or whatever. And so I remember her saying that, but it, it never really phased me. And then I started, and after I started taking my tests and everything, she called me. And she was like, well, can you assist the other students? Because I noticed, like, on all your tests, you just you get an A, and it seems really easy for you. So I started assisting the other students and I could tell that the Oriental students were surprised. You, I mean, and that's the thing, but I embrace that. So be surprised, be shocked. You know, that's cool with me because I'll surprise you every time. Because if you think you figured me out and you know what I, what my abilities are, you don't even know what I can do. Right. And I approach that at my job. I approach that at my job. I approach that when I go into an interview. Like I, you, sometimes you got to psych yourself out. But yeah. you, you've got to do it. <laughs> right. And I just yeah. like to um, mention, I think it's worth mentioning the experience that my grandma had. Because I think it kind of mirrors Asada's um, experience. Because um, we see the the contrast between how Malcolm reacted, Malcolm X reacted to um, being told that he couldn't do this and he couldn't do that in his um, in the movie about him. We see the teacher tells Malcolm... You shouldn't, you can't be a lawyer pretty much. Like, you know, your people are good with working with their hands. You can be a carpenter. And Malcolm, you know, he doesn't pursue being a lawyer because of the way that those type of people talk to him. And we know that when he was a small child, he was um, taken from his mother. They said she was unfit to take care of her children. He was taken care away from his mother and placed with all white people. So it's very, very doubtful that he received the type of encouragement that Asada and my grandmother would have received. Um, like my grandma said, it was always instilled in her, no one race is better than you, right? Like the people who said that were just ignorant. And Asada's parent, grandparents and parents were very adamant about that too. They said that, you know, they're not better than you. They don't, they can't do anything more than you can do. Like it, you have the ability to do everything they can do and more. So I think that that's a good thing to recognize that upbringing does have a very strong effect on how you view the world the things you go after how you view yourself because malcolm in the beginning of his um and his like his 20s and whatnot his early teens he was just like if this is how the world is going to see me then okay he didn't try to be any better you know he was just he was robbing and whatnot which got him placed in jail and then once he was in jail and he started receiving that encouragement from his uh i'll say his mentor that's when he started to see that he could be better he was told like you know they're not better than you like why are you trying to be like the white man you're good enough as a black man so i just think that that's something to uh recognize about upbringing yeah that's cool i didn't know that about malcolm but that's that's cool mm-hmm so. Malcolm X, man. <laughs> so, if nobody else has anything else to say, then I think we can wrap it up. Okay. Okay. All right. It was great to be in your class this semester, and I hope to be in another one. Bye, Professor.